So today I am here chatting with David Rain. He's the producer for this brand new, fantastic film, uh, film documentary, I suppose we'll call it, uh, Young Plato. So hey David, how are you? I'm very well, very excited about today, thank you. Cool, um, so we were talking just now about the, you had the world premiere quite recently for Young Plato in New York. I mean, that must have been an, an incredible experience. Yeah, the, yes, the world premiere was at Doc NYC in November and uh, it was really touch and go because Nasser, the director, and I want, obviously wanted to go to our world premiere so we booked our flights but there was a travel ban and we were watching the news going, are they going to lift the travel ban, are they going to lift it? The premiere was on the 14th of November and they lifted the ban on the 8th of November so we got to go over to New York, which was amazing. Yeah, I mean you don't want to be missing your own premiere of a film especially in New York do you know what I mean New York is something special isn't it really oh uh, yeah New York's one of my favorite cities and what a place to premiere and also what a place to spend we stayed we stayed for four or five days just because it's New York and we were very lucky because two friends of ours at the last minute we didn't even know were coming texted us and said we're coming to New York and we said what <laughs> but how how and they said oh there's a film another film in the festival and one of us is in that film and the director's paying for us to fly over, so we had company, which was lovely. I mean, what are the chances of that? Do you know what I mean? Literally, in that very small span of time, for your friends to be in the same place as you, be it for a day, you know? Yeah, no, no, it was it was lovely. And we went to see the premiere of the other film as well, which is a film about surfing in Ireland, which is quite remarkable, like, that there is even a film made about surfing in Ireland. Yeah, so, yeah. But, yeah, yes, Young Plato, we, so we pre world premiered in New York. It was really exciting. Uh, sold-out screening and um, lovely, lovely response from the audience. It's a very positive, uplifting film, full of joy, and people really responded well to it. Yeah, so can you tell people that might not have heard of the of the film, Stroke Documentary, um, can you tell us a little bit about the, the story behind it for anyone not, that's not familiar? Sure. So Young Plato is about a maverick headmaster in a very working-class area of Belfast called Ardoin. And... He is a headmaster of an all-boys school, so boys between the age of 4 and 11. And he knew that the, the narrative for these boys' lives was, was really challenging. You know, unemployment, trying to find jobs, there was a, a lot of crime, a lot of, a lot of alcohol and drug abuse as a potential future for them. And he said, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to let this happen. I want to change things. So he introduced philosophy and critical thinking to, to the boys from the age of 4 and got them to really challenge that and to ask questions, to say, do we, do we have to accept this? Can we, can we change things? And he did, and, and the school did. The school went from being a school where maybe 10 or 15% of the children would have gone on to good grammar schools mm. to 70% of the kids now go on to very good grammar schools. So it's transformed the school. Yeah, I mean, that's the age you want to get them at, isn't it? At four, they're very, they're kind of taking in everything, you know, every, all their surroundings, their, you know, their back, their, their social class even, I suppose, is a factor at that age. Yeah, and they also have the, the whole intergenerational trauma of the Troubles because they, they know their parents, their grandparents have lived through the Troubles. Yeah. And although the Troubles, thank God, are over and we have a peace process or peace in Northern Ireland, they see it, they feel it, it's, it's in the ether around them. And, and the film addresses that. The film actually asks questions about, about that whole thing of, you know, what's it like now for you, the new generation? Yeah, I mean, I mean you're, you're a BAFTA winner as well, I mean, which is no mean feat to, you know, to have BAFTA 
in your CV. Um, I mean, was it was it an easy fit working with uh, with NASA? I mean, I suppose obviously you've got that connection already. But um, how do you work? T- is it what's it like working together? What's your working relationship like? Okay, well, NASA is my partner, my life partner. So, and I've uh, produced all of her films. So she's made four featured docs and quite a lot of short docs. So, and she was at the BAFTA ceremony with me with our with our baby. We took a baby. I hope so. <laughs> uh, we took a baby in a sling to the BAFTA ceremony. She was she was uh, six months old, and NASA was breastfeeding her. So, um, yeah, we we've it's been a wonderful working relationship. You know, difficult and interesting because you know you're you're a couple as well. So you've got your child, your life with your children, yeah. everything else going on around you. Um, but she's a very talented director. I love working with her. My favourite director to work. With. I should hope so. <laughs> if she's listening to this, you know. I've, I've worked with some other directors too, and it's always it's always a pleasure. I, I see myself as a creative producer. I love to be involved with the the, the thinking behind the film and the, the creative decisions that the directors are making, and and so working with NASA in that way has been good. And the last film we did, I co-directed with her, mm. so which was fun. Yeah, I mean that was the thing. You're you know you're living with somebody. You're spending you know, your whole day with someone and then you're working with them on top of that. Must be a special kind of relationship to be able to spend that much time together. <laughs> well, I, ho- I hope you'll get a chance to chat to NASA and you can ask her that. <laughs> and hopefully she'll say, she'll say the same thing. Yeah, but when the last film we made uh, was called In Loco Parentis and it went to Sundance Film Festival and then Magnolia picked it up and it became School Life mm. and it, it toured the world. And on that one, we were literally... 24-7 together because on other films NASA like young Plato NASA went to Belfast she was filming in the school with Kevin and the boys on school life I was doing the sound she was doing the camera we were together all the time so it was a, a test yeah so I mean produce has producing something is is it something you've always done how did it all kind of start from you did you like go to college and then kind of start producing how did it all start initially I, st- I started as an actor right, and okay. loved acting and uh and then I started directing theatre and then went back to college to do a master's in film directing and um, thought initially that I would direct fiction films and I did, directed three, three short fiction films and then I stumbled upon documentary in a way um, and produced two documentaries and the first one I produced and directed mm. And um, and I loved it, and I just thought this is this is so much, this is so important because yeah. it's about starting conversations. It's about it's about getting people to to be aware of the important issues in the world, and yeah. and all of our films have had that social issue edge. So so I'm really proud. I'm really proud of the the catalogue of work we've done that's dealt with with lots of very relevant and important issues. Yeah, I mean, it's all down to telling a story, isn't it, at the end of the day? And the, I mean, this story of what Kevin has done is just incredible, and it's, it's amazing that it's been, you know, that people are going to hear about it. And, you know, it's not just going to be people in Belfast hearing about the local teacher that's done amazing things. It's a worldwide bigging up for, for, <laughs> for Kevin. Um, so what's, what's next for you? Are you, either, are you? I'm assuming you're working on future projects yeah, already. Well, we've, we, we were very lucky through COVID because we had started a number of projects that we then had a chance to, to keep working on and edit and finish. So we've uh, another film that we hope will be released in cinemas very soon in the next month or two. It's called Girl Taken 
and it's uh, it's very different for for me because it's two directors from South Africa, and it's a sort of mystery suspense story about a baby that was that was stolen from a mother's bedside, oh, wow. and for 17, 18 years this family searched for this baby and never found her, and what seemed like a, a terrible, terrible tragedy, then changed when their second daughter changed schools and people said you look just like so-and-so in two years older than you you look no. just like her and it was her missing sister and she'd been living a mile away for 17 years like what are the chances you'd think yeah, yeah. she so, would have been she would have ended yeah. up in like another country or course, another yeah. town even yeah, but yeah. i mean Incredible. Yeah. that's just again that's another that's these amazing stories yeah. It's all what, what, it is about, what story it's all about storytelling, exactly. Um, I mean, is there much difference between a, a, making a documentary and a film? Is it the same kind of process, would you say? Or is it? do you have to put like a different hat on? I think in the storytelling side, it's the same. You're looking for, for great characters. You're looking for the narratives. Um, obviously, in the production end, it's massively different. You know, the, we have always a small crew, usually two or three people. Um, and uh, fictions you can have mm. 20 up to yeah, 1,000 people working on it yeah. and it's much more manageable in a fiction although fiction producers would tell you it's well, not yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know we work observationally which means NASA we don't we don't set anything up we don't do any interviews NASA lets the action unfold it's all very natural it's completely natural that's mm. that's the action unfold unfold in front of the camera Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, David. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thanks a million. Um, so now I'm here with director and producer Declan McGrath. How are you? Good. Hey, how are you? How are you? Thanks. Oh, very good. Us. Yeah, we, we said just now we, we must, we think we maybe know each other from somewhere, but we can't. We, we, yeah, we, we can't, can't place it. We, we, can't, we can't work it out. <laughs> maybe I've got one of those faces. Oh, yeah, you've got yeah, one of those yeah, faces, maybe. Yeah, those faces. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the film? Yeah, Stroke you, documentary. Yeah, it, it's uh, Young Plato. It's a, a film about a very inspiring headmaster who's took it upon himself to introduce philosophy to uh, a primary school in North Belfast. Um, and I mean, that that's pretty unusual anywhere, like really anywhere in Europe, that you get primary school kids uh, learning about philosophy and talking about yeah. Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. But I suppose it's even more inspiring in the fact that Ardoin is a kind of post-conflict area yeah. uh, where there's effectively was a war for three decades and like that, that while that might have stopped um, like maybe 20 years ago like really the repercussions are still there in the community yeah. and like this you know there's a traumatized generation intergenerational uh, thing going on so to kind of open up kids eyes and to let them see that there's other ways and to give them critical thinking mm. is, is so valuable yeah so I mean how did Kevin come onto your radar initially how did you how did they you find him for this uh, or did he find you kind no of he didn't find me he basically uh, a very good mate of mine went to the school and told me he says god you've got to go up there and see the headmaster he uh you go up and you walk in and you see you, you walk in and you see all these kids from Ardoin they're all ch- chatting about Socrates and Aristotle and, and Plato uh, and talking away in philosophical groups and I go no way go up and see it it's mad Yeah. and he also said like if you go up there you'll get offered fantastic cream buns and chocolate as soon as you walk into the office and lots of cups of tea and you won't be able to leave so I yeah. said geez that sounds good 
So I went up and seen it and uh, immediately impressed and thought like that has to be something there for film and it's got to be shown to a wider audience. Yeah, yeah. We were saying earlier, it's a bit of a um, Dead Poet Society vibe. Do you know what I mean? This this amazing aspiring teacher that kind of teaches these kids a whole new way of living their lives basically uh, and NASA was saying about that you know these these kids are starting at the age of four I mean which is incredible you know they're so open to suggestion I suppose at the age of four you know and their backgrounds and their parents the way they live their lives at home and then coming into this you know different atmosphere must yeah. be amazing oh no no it, it, it is and you're right because you sort of think okay there might be philosophy but it'll be for the older kids like the school is from four to eleven yeah. years old but no, he literally he goes in and he starts them, and you see it in the film with kids that are between four and five, and getting them in very simple ways to to think, and also the challenge to, to, to see can you think. If you watch the classes in the film, what it's about, you start with one point of view, and you may change to another, and you've yeah. got to be open to change. And how do you change? You change yeah. by listening to others, and then forming your own point of view. Yeah, uh, and that's pretty radical for any any of us, you know. Yeah. Oh, and there's one bit in the trailer where there's this young boy and he's apologising to this other kid sitting next to him and he's crying and the kid next to him doesn't know what to do and he's, he hugs him and I was like, oh my God, I'm almost in tears. And this yeah. is only just one little scene from the whole film, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's right. That's getting kids effectively to think to move because what you're trying to do is to move them from A to B yeah. and to get them to work it out for themselves. You know, because that's the best learning, isn't it? That you actually you own it and you decide and you've made up your mind, rather than somebody just telling you all the stuff to learn yeah, yeah. by by rote, which isn't really going to work. Yeah. So I mean, what's your own background? How did you kind of get involved in producing and directing originally? Did you go to college? Uh, did you kind of come into it from a from a kind of side angle, or how did it all happen initially? Oh, no, I, I was like, I, I got into film. I, I suppose I did a bit of work in radio, and then I get, then I get into editing, and I worked my way through all cutting rooms, from like making the tea as a trainee to being an assistant to yeah. to cutting, uh, and that's my like that's my craft and trade as uh, editor. And then in the last few years, I've been into producing and directing look, with with stories that I'm really interested in and kind of fire me up. Yeah, uh, and this will be one of them. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people start, didn't it? Making the tea, yeah. you know, and then just kind of getting your face known and, you know. Yeah, exactly. And making the tea with people, for people that yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. And then watching what they do and hopefully trying to be a bit like them and, yeah. and, and, and do a good job. Well, they say, you know, if you get your face noticed enough, people will go, oh, you know, yeah, oh, Declan, yeah, yeah. Declan would be able to do that. Yeah, let's get, yeah, let's yeah. get him on board and get him doing that. And yeah. then, you know, and then that kind of spreads. And... Exactly, yeah, that, 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 that's, what you need. that's what you need. Yeah, so, I mean, have you got any projects you're working on at the moment? Is there any kind of future stuff coming up for you? Yeah, there's a few things, like, um, but they're all very early stages. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. hopefully just have to see what happens or whatever, because that's the way this works. You, you try to um, push a few ideas and eventually they, they get a bit of traction or whatever. But they're all kind of early days, nothing about yeah. to be in development rather than, than, than yeah. being shot. Fantastic. Thank you so much for talking Thank to you. me, Declan. Thank you very much. Thank you. So today I'm speaking to Kevin McAreevy, the amazing teacher featured in the Young Plato <laughs> film. So, hey, Kevin, how are you? Absolutely wonderful. The sun is shining. It is fantastic weather in Belfast. And weather changes the mood, definitely. It Before does. I came on here, I was grumpy. I looked out there, saw the sunshine, and here I am. <laughs> it's nice that you're speaking to me from the school as well it's nice to have that that extra connection you know it is it is it's, it's lovely from where it all happened paula Indeed. from where it all happened and where it all goes on you see um when the movie stops 
the show must go on. <laughs> so, do you want to tell our listeners a bit about the a bit about the film and your the part you play? Well, you don't play the the part. Obviously, you're the you're the, <laughs> the, the key player. <laughs> it's 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 funny that you know because you're absolutely right. The director of the film, Nessa, was, was stopped in New York and she was asked, um, tell me this, the guy that plays the principal, how did you get him? He is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so I must be playing a principal. Maybe the, mm, I was say, ah, oh, he's not really a principal. He's only playing one. Um, so, it'll, oh, there's the bells. Isn't it wonderful <laughs> to hear a school bell, isn't it? You just gotta love that, so you do. So anyway, um, you know, Nasty approached me uh, with Declan and they asked, could they come in? They heard all about the, the wonderful philosophy that was going on in the school. And could they come in and maybe do a wee bit of filming? And I, I says, listen, see, as long as you don't get in my way, you can do whatever you want. God, they were my famous last words. In my, in my way, she chased me all over the school. <laughs> I was like a covert operation. I was I was ducking in the rooms and all she comments. <laughs> I'm joking. You wouldn't know it though. Looking, watching the film, like nobody, no. nobody really reacts to the cameras. It's all just as if no. you're a fly on the wall. Yeah, it was it was beautiful that way. I mean, and that took an awful long time uh, to get the children to, to sort of understand that you know the, the camera was just. A, a part of normal school life and, and they just get on and do the work that they're meant to do. Uh, you, you can see the lads, even, even as you know, none of, it, none of it's scripted, although a lot of people when they watch the film will go, yeah, dead on, but nothing is scripted at all. When they filmed A Thousand Hours, uh, for me to learn A Thousand Hours of script would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I'd be some principal, I really, really would, and, and the kids would be amazing too. But no, it's, it's, it, it's, 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 it was strange, you know, because all they did was follow me about, Paula, and um, you know, follow Mrs. Reed about. And, and there was only one camera ever in the school, uh, which which was brilliant. Uh, so I knew exactly where it was and where it was going. And I, I could sort of um, have a wee bit of control over it. Um, but whenever uh, they brought it all together and sort of brought in that sort of film sort of structure, it was amazing to see how they did it. Uh, I, I just, I just, do my job here and um you know they, they came and filmed it and then just sort of put it all together it was it was terrific to see it although there was a few bits left out that i would have liked to have seen in uh in the movie but that's 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 the way it is uh there was they they were in my family home uh they, they came in to see uh you know exactly uh, how does Mr. McReavy live and where does he live and who's his family and and how philosophical are they but my young daughter, Jane, she was to be one of the main characters in this. Uh, not a lot of people know this. So um, she was to be one of the main characters, Jane. She's, a, she's my philosopher. I've been doing philosophy with her from, she was like two, three years of age. She's now nine. Uh, she's very articulate, very competent young girl. And I would have philosophy books at the, at the bottom of her bed and would tell lots of stories and lots of questions and answers and, and things like that. So she was to be one of the main characters, but then COVID hit, so they couldn't really get an awful lot of footage yeah. in and around. They had filmed me um, around at the family table, looked at the whole family values and the no screen time and, and me talking about philosophy with, with my other guy. I'm a father of four girls and a principal of an all boys school. So that's, that's kind of strange in itself, so it is. Um, yeah, so and, I mean, it's, it's all about you introducing philosophy to these young kids in Ardoin, in, your, in North Belfast. 
I mean, it's an area that has been obviously been touched in the past by, you know, the troubles and all this, the sectarian stuff that's kind of gone on in the past. And they, they do touch on that in the film. We do see kind of cutaways to, you know, these, these terrible yeah. times back in the day. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I tell you what it is, Paula. This, this door that I have, you just, just so we'll clarify and I'll come back to what you're saying in a minute. This, this door, it's like the um, the swinging door, you know, it just swings open and closed. Nope, no, no, nobody, nobody ever wraps it because that's what I have. That's the, the type of um, system I have. Just just walk on in, you know, and, and you started off with saying it's not all about, it's, it's all about you. And, and I just got this lovely message written to me. <laughs> 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 you know, and that that was Mrs. Ray. Do you know the the, the Senko? I call it I call it the Senko. Never mind the Senko. She's your co-star. <laughs> yes, she's she's the co-star. So it's not all about you. She said to me, "That's that's what I do about that." <laughs> she brings the glamour. She said. <laughs> So the span of the movie. So you're, you're, uh, was it obviously we touched on Christmas and sort of the start of the year. So was it over a, over a year or what was the? Span? Oh no, it was, it was like it was like over two and a half years. Oh wow! Um, yeah, because because of COVID, you yeah. see, um, when that COVID, so we would have got them in in very bit, and then uh, all of a sudden there was a tailor lockdown, and then oh, you know, allowed in, and then teachers were panicking and, and and worried about um the spread of the virus, and then we couldn't get them in, and we could get them in, and I was making decisions yeah. to bring them in. People were saying, "What are you doing?" So, listen, um, that's that's kind of why, and and the, for me, that's beautiful because it captures mo- a lot more kids for me. You know, yeah. and, and and I see so so I'm bringing back children to see the movie here in first year you know and it's brilliant because they're getting their wee invites and going I'm sorry I can't wait oh my god it's really really happening you know like oh, yeah it really I mean, is and, and, yeah you're starting with these kids at the age of four I love the bit in the beginning when they're these little tiny kids are coming in and they're high-fiving you and hugging you and yeah oh man yeah. it's just you know that, that age that, that's, that's they're like nice. sponges they're like little sponges aren't they they're they're so receptive to, you know, to everything. Oh, well, they really are. Um, you see, I, I would be the type of principal, and Mrs. Reed's in the room, so I can't tell lies. I'd be the type of principal. <laughs> <laughs> but she says I will try. Um, I'm the type of principal. Um, I don't like to be in the office. I want to get out. I want to get into their classrooms. And, and I do and I do that. I do that with, um, I try to get in all of the classrooms and see all the children, try to know all their names and, and, and say different things about them, know bits and pieces about families and be able to just sort of mesh that to them. And you want to see the faces light up and say, I'm talking to your daddy and oh, your daddy, I used to teach him and Mrs. Reed used to teach him. And they, they love that sort of interaction. So with, with the Premier Ones and the Premier Twos, um, I make sure I get into all of their classes, especially uh, every week. I go in and I teach philosophy, I do, I do some Irish with them, I do a bit of singing. And a spicy Christmas time uh, with Silent Night, the Elvis version, I love doing that with them, you know. They'll go, oh God, here comes Elvis again, sir. And I, uh, <laughs> they, love, they, they absolutely love it. And, and even when, when I'm teaching um, the Irish to them, you know, we would say, um, okay, cart galore. Carcular. And then I'd say, okay, so say it like someone um, with a wee Irish accent, they go, Carcular, Carcular. <laughs> and then I'll say, we'll do it like uh, a wee bit like uh, Jerry Adams or Carcular. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, my favorite one, Paul, which would stay all those doing is, ladies and gentlemen, Carcular. 
so, yeah. so you know you have a bit of fun with them and they absolutely so they'll always remember card galore you know it's, it's okay yeah. okay so it's learning too fun for me and um and the philosophy allows me to do that it allows yeah. me to bring in those sort of moral dilemmas with them looking at cheating and lying and stealing and having talking about it and that moralizing with them you know um we would do the ring of gaijis i don't know if you know it it's 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 plato's story about an invisibility ring and if you find the invisible ring what would you do you know and they talk about lying and cheating and stealing and you know all this and so I, I i don't moralize with them i say oh okay okay so now i say well what should you do as opposed to what would you do and then all of a sudden it starts to sort of flip around and go oh would and should and oh my goodness and and this is this is with four and five year olds which is fantastic yeah. you know and you're you're looking at all those sort of uh, moral dilemmas you know and i yeah. can't lie and and then we, we, all, we always come to a point where um it's okay to tell lies sir i say well, well yeah yeah you trick lies when you're going to surprise parties and you don't want to tell your friend you know you know those sort of lies that's so it's it's wonderful it really is and and it, it has um i have to say it has raised standards and achievements uh through this school and for me that that was the underlying theme of doing this philosophy was to raise standards and achievements in numeracy and literacy in, in in the school yeah i mean we have to talk, we have to talk about your love of elvis you know, it's very, very yes. well documented in the film with the your you got your Elvis in the car, you got the Elvis on the on the on the window in your office, <laughs> uh, which unfortunately got put in the bin at one point during the film. I don't know, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you're singing, you're singing all day. You know, I mean, what is it about Elvis for you that you know that kind of strikes a chord? Yeah. Well, I, I was brought up with Elvis. Uh, growing, growing up in, in Lennon, my, my father was a massive Elvis fan. So um, honestly, and I said this here in the Rand Turbidy interview, and uh, my dad says, what, what, what did you say that for? I says, that because it's true. <laughs> on, a, on a Sunday morning, when my dad was his hangover, right, he put Elvis on to lift him. Now, my daddy was an early raiser. Yeah. As young lads, we weren't. Yeah, early yeah. early racers, and he just used to blast Elvis gospel all over the house, and and so so that that's what got me up. You know, uh, welcome to my world. That was one of his favorites, and you could just hear him singing it all over the house. Welcome to my world. <laughs> ah, oh God, you know, and, and so so we can we can all all grew to love. I mean, the whole family we all we all grew to love Elvis, and then it. All his movies, I would have watched all his movies, and um, you know, the, the, I know he made thirty-three movies, and not all of them are great, but I'd say Elvis is brilliant no matter what he does. But I mean, five fantastic movies that he did make that I, I could stand over and say the man was a genius. But so when, when I listen to Elvis and I listen to the words of a lot of his songs, and and especially if I can dream, which is in the movie, which and where it comes from from the if I can dream um, from Martin Luther King, and it, it's 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 so inspirational for me yeah. to see. Her, her singing and songs and words can change moods and can promote mental health and well-being. Now, with, and believe it or not, I'm going to digress slightly here. Yeah, yeah. I would do Johnny Cash songs with, and um, Bob Dylan songs with the staff, but uh, with the, the classroom assistants uh, as part of philosophy. You know, when a man comes around by Johnny Cash, I would have the lyrics and I'd say this, does it lift you? What, what sort of emotions does it bring on to you? Yeah, so, yeah. so you can use a song as to frame philosophy, and it, and it really works when you and you look at the, the likes of um, Bob Dylan and, and how inspirational. And I think Bob is a philosopher too. Mm, Bruce yeah, Springsteen, yeah. another great philosopher. George Michael, even yeah, fantastic yeah. 
you know, all these guys, the, the words in their songs have meanings that, that uh, just affect all of our lives. And, and I think that it's, it's, it's a great way to use philosophy in the school. Yeah, we have to talk about the amazing kids in this film. I mean, the yes. bit with, uh, I think it's Rory and Gerard when they, they there's, a, there's a fight happens. Um, yes. And it's all about sort of them. Uh, so Rory, I think it's Rory has to apologise. He apologises to does. Gerard. And there's a bit where they're in the classroom and he's, he's, Beautiful. he's in tears. And he yeah. hugs he hugs Gerard and I was like, oh man, I was just the empathy, the empathy there is just nothing short of amazing. It really is. And to capture that in real, in real terms and that yeah, there's no yeah, acting yeah. or anything, you know, it was just and I you know what? I actually didn't know that happened. Because <laughs> I actually leave the room. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, oh, and they and they continue, they continue to, to to film. Um obviously, and, and you can see that I mean Rory wasn't aware of the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there were two people in that room. You know, there was Declan and there was Jared. Or Declan was the messenger and Declan. Declan was the sound man. I always said he was sound. So then he was all right. You know, <laughs> but um, Jared has since left us. Jared Collins. Uh, Jared has since left us. And um, he was, well, we're trying to contact him uh, to, to bring him along to the movie. Um, but I think we, I think we will. Uh, be able to, but I'm not sure if we if he'd be able to make it. But he should. Um, he's a great lad, and that was. You see, with COVID, and the re the reason why an awful lot of the altercations take place, Paul, is because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had to. I had to take the footballs. I mean, kids just love yeah. football, Sorry, so I had to take the footballs out of the yard because you had to put the kids in the zones. And I had to stay in the zone. So if it was a football, then the football was going in the other zones, and then they were running to get the football, kick that ball back, and all this. So, uh, and that's that's why they're sort of this sort of wrestling, play fighting, and yeah. this sort of thing, you know. Well, what what children do? Paula, children yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to follow little stories like we did the, with the two cousins who just kept they just kept falling out, and and it was just an yeah. ongoing saga. You know, you're like, are you, are you friends? Well, yeah, you're, you're, you're cousins. <laughs> and, and again, you know, you look at that there and, and you sort of stand back and say, he scripted this. No, no way. Yeah, so yeah. those kids, I mean, I think they were in Premier 6 at the time. And maybe were they Premier 5 or Premier 6 at that time? Maybe have been at the end of the P5. But you can see how confident and how tick that they are in, in communicating. Yeah, and in talking. So, you know. And, and that's, I mean, I, I obviously had them from Premier 1 right through to Premier 5 doing the philosophy because philosophy's been in school uh, nine years now. And it, it's it's fantastic to see uh, young kids being in, and, and talk and, and, yeah. and in, in, a, in, a, in a way that, that young boys don't normally talk um, yeah, because yeah. Us, us, us Irish boys, we... We are, I mean, even me, the way, the way I've sort of brought up, you know, we're not really in touch with your feelings, you know, you yeah. have to be tough, you have to get on with it. How, what do you mean you feel? How do you need to get up and get on with it, you know? <laughs> My father never took me on his other son and stroked her and all, you know, never get up and get on with you, all right, you know? So, 
that's that that's that's why um i i find it's it's, it's important today but but that built up my resilience just to go back to that um when you were that young and, and you were always on the street now the kids that aren't on the street now they're, they're always doing screen times and up the uh, phones and screen yeah, yeah. which means there's no real social interaction which worries me greatly and and i i believe maybe contributes to the, the high suicide rate around here um, when, when the kids aren't getting out to build a resilience, uh, I used in the street, probably you got a smack in the mouth, you get on with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you didn't run, you didn't run into mom and dad, you know, you walked it out on the street because you were always on the street, you were socializing and you were learning those sort of emotional intelligences. And, um, that's, that, that, that's the difference between me then and, and the kids and the kids now, um, they're not out in the street. Yeah. Yeah. What were you like as a kid? Were you uh, kind of in, in the thick of it? <laughs> <laughs> this is very laughing. Um, so as a kid, yeah, yeah well, you see, I grew up in Lamadoon and it, it was a, a sort of inner city area. And um, it, was, it was sort of, there was always alpha males trying to sort of get, get them, get, get, get fit, in, fit in to where you were within the crowd. And there would have been a lot of fighting. Yeah. Uh, when I grew up, you know, that, that hand to hand, fisticuffs, wasn't really that much to do. I mean, if somebody had a football, you, you used to call to the door and say, "Is is is John coming out?" And say, "No." Well, is this football coming out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, can you imagine kids doing that these days? No, you certainly would. So, as a kid, I I I was um I was a sort of very determined wee boy, um always wanting to push to be the best in anything that that I did and. Like 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 every every other boy back then, I was involved in scrapes and and got angry and because obviously during that time there was a heavy presence of the British Army on our streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 listen, they, they, that had a big impact on my family uh, growing up, and I, I I'm surprised I'm not more traumatized by what I saw. Um, sort of unfold with my own family. Yeah, yeah. Um, breaking down doors and pulling us out of bed as kids and dogs in your face and um, shouting, uh, "Where's the guns?" and all this, you know. And my mum saying, "There's no, there's nobody here." And of course, of course, uh, not listening to her and sticking a gun on her face, so she had to get stitches. And um, and I, I remember it as a child, and and my father being dragged out of the house and um, to be interned. Um, and 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 watching other uh, sort of dads in the street, the same sort of things happening to them as well, you know. So it 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 was tough growing up. Um, yeah. um I think uh, I'm 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 very lucky to, to have a sort of loving mother who sort of put the arm around you, made sure you're okay, and um, pushed education, education. There's a way out, kid. The way out, son. You, you 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 keep pushing it, and that's what I did. You know, just took education on board, and the way I went with it. Yeah, I mean, how did you get involved in the whole philosophy thing? It's not a very a natural progression for a lot of young lads, or even you know, uh, no, young girls. No, it's the, it, it's definitely not. Well, how I got into philosophy actually was, um, I went to Queen's University, uh, which which was a big coup from, for somebody from our, our area to get to get the university to be asked um so when i went to the queens and in one of my years there I, I did political ideologies and was introduced to all the philosophers the political philosophers and uh hobbes and Locke, uh, bentham and mill 
And I remember being inspired by the, the thinking in and around those and how, and how I could apply it to me as, as, a, as a young adult. You know, the utilitarianism and the harm principles. And I actually love the learn about these state of nature's norms, but this is all great stuff. And I, I obviously never thought about a planet anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. It, it then, um, when I left Queens, I, I then went and did the PGCE in St. Mary's Training College and became a primary school teacher. Uh, and then when I came to Holy Cross Boys, um, the, the principal was very innovative and creative in his own right. And he, he was all, all about promoting thinking skills and creative thinking skills. And uh, he tasked me then when I became vice principal to yeah. create a, a learning community. And, and I thought, right, okay, well, so I brought a lot of educational researchers in just to, to make teaching better and to make thinking better for the kids and for the teachers as well and, and train teachers up in fact questioning. So um, we, we brought in Edward de Bano, the six thinking hats. I'm sure you've heard of them. They're, they're, they're fantastic and the kids relate beautifully to them. Yeah. And you could use the six thinking hats anywhere or yeah. you could use it in a meeting. Um, you can you can use it even to run your own house. Just look look at different things uh, and what the, the thinking hats mean and, and apply to. So I kind of came to the end and at the end of the road, and I was like, "Oh, what do I do next? What do I yeah, do next?" Yeah. And the principal who was outgoing then, he was he was retiring. He was called Terry Loverty, and Terry suggested that well, why not bring in philosophy? And I thought, "Hmm, philosophy." So he left in the June. And left me to think about it over the summer. Yeah, yeah. And I was going, I was going, mm, philosophy, philosophy with kids. I think philosophy with adults is great, but I don't know about philosophy with kids. So what it did was, it was like a sort of a wee seed had been planted and it sort of grew and grew. And I went, hmm. So I thought, yep, I researched it. Yeah. And I saw, I saw this uh, guy in London called Pete Worley, uh, and he was doing philosophy in a primary school. And I said, God, I'd love to talk to this man. So I rang up and he says, sure, come over. And that's just where it all started wow. from. Me going over to London and and the rest, they say, is history. I mean, Pete Worley has been in this school at least six or seven times. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been over with him training on, on many different occasions. Every, every member of staff is trained in philosophy. Yeah, that's, that's Teachers and classroom assistants. They all love it. I do, I do philosophy with the classroom assistants on a Thursday uh, our morning from 11 to 12. And as I said, even the Johnny Cash stuff, you know, the, the, I'll, I'll bring that in and frame it. And we would talk about xenophobia. We yeah, talk yeah. about uh, all, the, all the sort of different issues in heart. And we can look at it philosophically, you know, and, and have a discussion in and around it. And, and even, even if there's issues that grew up, you know, uh, if there's bullying in the room, what would we do? And, and what is bullying? And um, looking at sort of different models of how people are, are um, looking after bullying and things like that. So it's it's all it's all brilliant, and it's and, and for me, that is a wee professional learning community in itself. Yeah, you yeah. know, that must be amazing. You know, um, you're empowering empowering these kids. You know, for for when they're adults, sort of shaping them with values that will be. Uh, of great use when they're when they're grown-ups you know yeah well for me philosophy is a discipline of the values yeah. you know it, it, yeah. it is because because at the end of the day you're going to need these these values to deal with certain situations and and certain and certain emotions and 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 
they need to know well, what what are these values yeah you know, yeah yeah we, we, we take them in you know you're looking at compassion you're looking at empathy leadership trust yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your, your, your community these these are all values within themselves and and they're the great philosophical themes that, that we would do nice so as part of, as part of, of the values you're talking about there uh, what we would do is in in the school uh, we have what's called a mental health week right and what I do is is I, I, I take the mental health week and on on the Monday we would do manners okay, okay what, what are manners and um, you know manners um, cost nothing but to mean everything you know, so, so we could do all, all the different and then on a, on a Tuesday we'd look at kindness and on a Wednesday we'd look at gratitude and on a Thursday we'd look at loneliness yeah. and, and we, would, we would look at uh, songs and happiness is, is, is always the phrase, always happy end on, on, on happiness, you know, we would use uh, you know, that song cause I'm happy happy long, so yeah. we, we would use that and we would use um, I, I, I devised this triangle of happiness for the kids and and I don't know if you've ever heard of, of eudaimonia. Well, eudaimonia is, is a term um, from Aristotle and it means basically happiness. And there's a triangle in and around it that if you follow the triangle, you will achieve happiness. And, and it is accepting responsibility, uh, or sorry, taking responsibility, accepting whatever happens and living with Ariete. Have you ever heard of Ariete? No. no, no. Well, Ariate is is striving for excellence. Okay. So you're living with always trying to strive for excellence. Yeah, so yeah. So it's living living with Ariate, taking responsibility, and accepting whatever happens. And if you, and if you can get those three all working together, you will in Aristotle's world get eudaimonia, which is happiness. Yeah. And and this is something I I teach the kids. So that that would be a philosophy lesson I would do with the, with the children and, yeah. and themselves. You know? And I think that's important because um, with philosophy, you have the conceptual questions, but you also have the normative. And the normative, you, you, you're never really going to meet unless you really home in. And a normative is, okay, what, what do you see yourself doing when you leave education? Or um, what is the purpose of life? Or what really is family? You know, so, so the, these questions, these sort of normative questions, aren't really tackled in any school yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's important that a lot of people know what, what, what they sort of are, you know? Yeah. And and of course, of course, the big, the big one that, that, that all the staff in here are, are really aware of is this, what is the best philosophical question to ask? Yep. Now, I had Queen's University students in here, right? And they're in to do philosophy with, with the lads. As part of their degree, wow. they have to come in into philosophy. Now, I said this to Dr. Jeremy Watkins eight years ago, and fair play to him, he took it on board. I said, get the students out in the schools yeah. as part of their degree. And he's doing that now. It's brilliant. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. So these these two students come in, and they're all, oh, we know everything about philosophy. And I says, I says, really? Okay, so what's the best philosophy question to ask a child? And they were like, um, why? What? Her. And I says, oh, really? Hmm. That's not the way I would say it. He says, well, what is? And I says, well, the best philosophy question you can ask anybody is one that is grammatically closed, but conceptually open. And I said, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> grammatically closed and conceptually open. And I said, yes. You see, a grammatically closed question is one that elicits a one-word answer. Yes, no, maybe. 
do aliens exist? Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. Maybe. You see? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. right away, I get a feel for the room. I know what kids believe. I know what mm -hmm. kids don't believe. Right? I know what kids are unsure. You know, and that's really where the philosophy is. See the ones who are mm, don't really know. Yeah, yeah. So, so then doesn't it become contestable and debatable because it's conceptually open? It's about aliens. It's about some people from another world, or maybe people from this world. You know, I mean, one kid said to me, "Sir, do you ever think that we are the aliens?" And I went, "What?" And he says, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> I says, this is what I mean. I says, well, that maybe we came down and took over this world. And the animals are the inhabitants. Yeah, yeah. Listen. And and do you know I know what another kid said to me one I probably gonna love this. He said, see all see all, all these all these apparent aliens that come down to visit us. He says, maybe they're from the future and maybe they are future us. Oh my god. And they're god. trying to warn us what we're doing to this planet. Is it is that's how we're gonna turn out? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, why wouldn't I think like that when I was a child? You know what I mean? I would like to tell you that's my thinking. In fact, that was I, I, I came up with that. Like, kids are just mental, aren't they? Just the things they come out with, it just wow. And, and if you don't provide that for them, Paul, how are they yeah. gonna come up with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about building and, that and, basis, and what, isn't it? Building that, that basis. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And you're getting kids to listen to kids. Yeah. Kids listen to kids. So once I have that done, I have my job. That's my job. Once kids start listening to kids and you're the facilitator, it's the wow factor. It's like, good, this is brilliant. It's just all self-regulator. That's, that's what philosophy is. It's inescapable, of course, but it's yeah. self-regulator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie premiered in New York at the New York Film Festival a while back. I mean, it must be really crazy to think that, you know, how far reaching your work has become, you know, as part of this film. Yeah, big time. Absolutely. Now, the only thing is, Paul, I am, I'm going to say this to you, okay? The only thing is this. It needs to get to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to go. Put it on the wall of Graceland out there, you know, on the on the Absolutely. Here he is. <laughs> The, the Elvis singing maverick principal who does philosophy. Oh God. Las Vegas, Graceland, who cares? As long as as long as I get near the king with this, you know. And and would wouldn't you just love it? Wouldn't you just love it if the likes of Lisa Marie Presley was to watch this? Oh, wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't that be incredible? I'd say she might well he she might hear about it. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, if he's yeah. you know, he's being mentioned in this this philosophy film, you know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Even Rayleigh Keogh, she, she she could watch it too, and that's Elvis's granddaughter. But anyway, when you when you think about um, when you think about the end, the mural, okay, that beautiful mural, and Connor being depicted in that oh, beautiful yeah. mural. Oh yeah, no, it was incredible. No, murals are a big part of our doing. Yeah, yeah. They really are. I mean, everywhere you go, there there may be a music one or. A, uh, youth club one or, or a sport one but they're a big part and, and they're a celebration of the success of, of the likes of the art on community now I'm so proud to have this one straight outside the school and it hasn't been touched and, and you, you often see kids standing reading Plato, Aristotle, Socrates and John Stewart you know and they're going, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. You know. So it's it's fantastic. It really, really is that. Um, not only not only we educate the school, but we educate the community. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you're you're, you're given the, the the community confidence to be confident. Do you know what I mean? And that, yeah. to, to me, that that's very very important. And that's why uh, philosophy is so so um, important yeah. here. Sure. But also that it works because the parents value what we do. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking forward to uh, Young Plato too. You know, this is your, your trip. Your trip over to uh, over to Graceland. You know, yeah. <laughs> to teach all the Absolutely. kids over there about philosophy. You know, that Absolutely, and, and and in fact, we didn't get to really do this when we were down to Manage region that that it was pulled away from you so quickly. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think I think it was better because now you really get to see what it's all about by yeah. doing this Zoom. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's much, for, for you, it's much better. And um, yeah, listen, I'm obviously honoured and it's a privilege to, to be able to send this message out into the world. Philosophy works with children. Get it into primary school. That's the thing, you're, you're starting the ball rolling. I think, honestly, you think now people are going to see this film and think, wow, we, we really need to. So the phone's going to start ringing now. Elvis, yeah, yeah. Your Elvis ringtone will start. <laughs> that was another thing I loved. I loved in the film when your phone kept going off. <laughs> the kids were dancing in the in the classrooms. I'll be honest. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah, Mama. Mama. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. All the little leg, all the little leg movements. And stuff. Oh, phone went off. You know. Yeah. Uh, he he is funny. He oh. is one funny. Ethan is one funny wee kid. You know when that, when that goes off, I mean that was spontaneous. Yeah. You know him getting up and, and doing that dance, and and then, and then when the camera started rolling, and I, and I really should have got it when the camera was rolling. I said to him, Ethan, why are you doing that? He says, That's what Elvis does to me, sir. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. Oh man, really yeah, it's just the way it's filmed. You know, what I mean, it's so natural, and the kids are so natural. You know, normally yeah. you stick a you stick a camera in front of a kid, and they're like, eh, you know, the tongue, know. tongue's out, and they're all, you know, tongue tied and, and silly things. And they don't want to go fingers and, and yeah, nah, oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah. Just, just amazing. The way it. it was so, you know, as we said earlier, that that it felt it felt like there was no there was no camera there. You were literally just this little. You just had this little kind of yeah. spy camera in the wall, and you were watching. What was going on? It was just so, so natural. I would, I, would, I would love you to see the bloopers. Oh my oh, god! I can imagine that'll I, be on the I, that'll be on the DVD. I mean, I mean, I mean, ones that I do on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not joking. You, if you ever, if you ever get to talk in this again, you you could say there, what was he really like? You see, he was <laughs> mad. <laughs> and Mrs. Rila look green. <laughs> As Nasa said to me, she says, you know what, Kevin, I've met a lot of men in my life, she says, and I've done an awful lot of films in my time, she says, but I knew sometimes I would go in and see a film, go, who's he again? Yeah, yeah. that's, ah, she says, I'll never forget your name. <laughs> <laughs> You're unforgettable, Kevin, I'll say that. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's what she said anyway, so, um, but well, I'm, there, I'm there assuming we are. That, I'm assuming that Elvis got rescued from the bin, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly did. Of course, he did. Tell me, shit, he's come back in. Um, 
<laughs> she says, I'm going back and not, 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 not Elvis, not Elvis <laughs> at, at, at all. But um, for, for me, this, this is also surreal because uh, I was talking to John Wee uh, yesterday after we came back from the Dublin uh, Festival. We were all lifted and joyous. And, and then we came in on Monday and it was just two phone calls coming in. And boom. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> back Welcome to back to reality. <laughs> but, it's I mean, quite I, nice. I'm hearing all the kids screaming in the corridors, and you know, uh, it's all they're, they're all they're all out playing in the yard, so they are. Oh, um, yeah. well, thank, but it's, thank you so much, Kevin. This has been an absolute privilege talking to you today. Not not a problem. Thank you so much. I, I really I really enjoyed the chat. Okay, so I'm here talking to NASA Nikinon. Uh, the director of Young Plato. So, hi Nasa, how are you? Great, thank you. So we're here at the, the Irish Irish premiere, I suppose we'll call it. I mean, it must be an exciting day for you. Oh, it's very exciting and it's just great to be in a cinema again. And, you know, it just feels like we're just on, we're all opening up again. So no, it's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, do you want to tell people a little bit about the, about the story in this documentary, Stroke Film? Okay, well, it's... Um, it's a documentary about, it's, it's filmed observationally, so it plays kind of like a narrative, but it's, uh, we spent um, a year in a school in uh, Ardoin in North Belfast, and we follow, there's a, a, a sort of a radical headmaster there who has introduced philosophy as a core subject for kids from the ages of four to 11. So it's a film about that. It's a film about how philosophy and critical thinking can change the the course of children's lives. Yeah, I was talking earlier, we said he's a bit of a dead poet society vibe going on, do you know what I mean? He's a he's a modern day Robin Williams character. <laughs> no, he is, like he is, he is, you know, he's got a vision, he's incredibly passionate about it. And um, he's been doing this now for the last 10 years and like we, you can see the effects of it already in the film. So yeah. it's really it's it's really a very positive story. Yeah. I was talking to David just now and he was like, these kids are starting at the age of four. At the age of four, yeah. You'll see in the film there's a little scene where he, how he first introduces them to uh, the idea of philosophy and, uh, and how he introduces them to the idea of like listening to other people's thinking and not being afraid to change your opinion. Yeah, yeah. So it's very, very powerful. Yeah. That's the thing, at age four, they're very receptive aren't they they're very they're taking everything in you say social classes you know what they're seeing at home and obviously they're kind of like an open book at the age of four aren't they so it's you know they kind of take everything yeah in. even four to eleven like it's it's, it's pretty much like you can't start them too early really yeah so i mean how did you how did you get involved with the project initially well, it was my co-director declan mcgrath it was he's a belfast filmmaker and he um told us about this uh, about Kevin and what he was doing in uh, in our join and asked if we'd be interested in getting involved and I had just finished a film in a school uh, um, in Hedford, in Hedford called School Life, and uh, so this seemed like the perfect companion now because it's our Holy Cross Boys is everything that Hedford wasn't. So, yeah, I mean, you're being called one of the ten European women uh, filmmakers to watch at the moment. I mean, that must be like a huge, you know, it must be a huge accolade on your work to be to have that have that title put onto you. Well, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, was, I was delighted and incredibly surprised when that happened. And, um, yeah, so this is my, this is my, uh, this is, you know, this is my latest project. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm very excited. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll live up to, uh, to, uh, the to what they're saying. Yeah. So. so I was talking to David earlier about your, your relationship. You're pretty much with each other 24-7. You know, you're, are, you're living together, you're working yeah. together. Uh, he was talking about you at the BAFTAs with a baby. 
attached to you. <laughs> I mean, what's it like for you? You know, as I said, D- David, he's a lovely guy. Uh, I mean, how uh, how does it work for you? With you know, you're with him 24/7. It must be a really special relationship to be able to work out. Well, work it is, yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it is. I mean, we, we live together, obviously. Yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. when we're working together. We're not necessarily always sort of in the same room as such. Like we do. You know, I was up in Belfast. He was down in Mead. Um, so we are we are kind of uh, uh, you know we're not together 24 hours yeah, seven but, yeah. but but look we get on really really well we're passionate about the same things um, and uh, and I love working with him uh, and um, really he was the person who introduced me into the documentary world yeah right, right, right. and so really if it wasn't for him I don't think I would have gone down this path to be yeah, honest yeah. So, 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 I mean, you started, you studied at NCAD initially. I, did, I studied textiles at NCAD. So yeah, so completely. Totally like, how do you, how do you go from textiles to to directing, you know, a documentary about Belfast school kids? Yeah, well, it was it was actually I started working in the film business in the art department in uh, in fiction films and. Um, and then I met David while I was doing that, and uh, I had um, I'd just come off like a very long job, and I wanted to take some time out. So he asked me if I wanted to research a doc, help him with some research on a documentary, and uh, about asylum seekers. It was sort of the first wave of asylum seekers coming to Ireland, and so I said sure, and um, and I caught the bug, and uh, we ended up co-directing together, and I never looked back since. Yeah. So that was back in 2000, in the, just in the noughties, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on this amazing film stroke documentary. And uh, I'm sure, you know, once people get to see it, it's good, people are going to fall in love with it straight away. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Um, thanks for doing that.